In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, desire the pure milk of the word, nourished by it, you will grow into salvation. You yourselves are being built, you, the table, are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. Into a world of intense suffering and grief and even persecution, we proclaim the good news that you can't close the church, even during a pandemic. God is still open for business, building us up, present with us, and between us to grow us into our salvation. We have received mercy. We are a priestly people to mediate God's presence for such a time as this. As Ben said, we're about eight weeks into this pandemic, uh, this coronavirus, and it's touching uh, all of us, regardless of race and creed and age and gender. It's indiscriminate, although uh, it seems to impact uh, people with uh, more compromised immune systems more. I have stories of friends and friends of friends who are healthy, um, vibrant people, young people who are also crippled. But, uh, but not all pandemics are indiscriminate in America. We live in a world of conspiracies and persecutions and oppression. People groups, even some among us, have dealt with marginalization or social ostracization long before coronatide came on the scene. There are many such pandemics to mention, many such persecutions of different people groups in our midst, but the one for today I want to speak about briefly is the ongoing, long-standing, relentless pandemic that our brown and black brothers and sisters have been experiencing in America for generations. Just this week, a black man named Ahmad Aubrey was out for a jog and two uh, white men, a, a dad and a son, apparently, uh, from video footage that's been leaked, uh, pursued him and thought he was a threat to the neighborhood and decided to take justice in their own hands and shoot him in the street. This happened two months ago, but the world's just finding out about it now. Another incident this week, a group of white men showed up on a black family's porch in the middle of the night in North Carolina carrying assault weapons and shotguns to interrogate a black high school student about a missing girl. They refused to leave, terrorizing this young man and his mom for, uh, in the middle of the night for uh, almost an hour. Come to find out they had the wrong house. The young man they were looking for had lived next door and moved away a month earlier. These are two stories from the last seven days, but I could tell you 20 more. 
there's a sustained generational systemic assault on black and brown people in America. You want to see persecution, oppression, and marginalization? Look no farther than the thousands of Ahmad Arbery's and their families who haven't had the benefit of a leaked video to seek justice. I want to contrast these stories I just named with uh, some stories about how uh, white Christians are handling coronavirus. Now hear me, I am a white Christian. So I'm speaking about myself as I name this. Cries of religious freedom issues ring out as churches gather again, even today, decrying the overreach and oppression of a government policies that have asked them to stay distanced and protected in order to potentially save lives. Other white persons, I don't know their religious affiliation, march on government buildings, downtown business centers, carrying assault weapons, and what looks to me to be like gigantic bazookas. I don't even know what these weapons are, but they're huge. And they're demonstrating their freedom in protest of what they see as persecution, as an infringement upon their civil rights. They have to wear masks, you see, and they can't eat at Wendy's. We could have a discussion about what's appropriate policies during a pandemic. How individual freedom and collective responsibility, how those relate. There's a great discussion to have about that. But today, as we read First Peter, a letter written to a group of Christians who were marginalized and ostracized and persecuted. I want to suggest that there are those among us in America who know what that is like, but most white Christians do not. Have you or a family member ever been lynched because you were white? Or, or because you were Christian? Maybe, maybe you have. Have you ever been harassed or shot running in the middle of the day or walking after dark? With heavy hearts and sober minds, we do not dare hear this text as justifying our personal offense and inconveniences and hassles. This text today, our call to be the church, is about growing up and learning resilience and laying hold of the hope we have in Jesus as we mediate God's presence to a violent, psychotic world. Today we proclaim you can't close the church. Even during a pandemic, God is still open for business, building us up, present with us and between us as we grow up into salvation. Church, we have received mercy to be a priestly people, mediating God's presence and power for such a time as this. Notice how Peter speaks about the church. The church, friends, this is so important. It changes everything about how we embody ourselves in the world. The church is not a right and a freedom. It's not a civil right. It's an identity. It's an identity. 
It's who we are and who we are can't be taken from us. No matter if we can't gather until September or Christianity becomes illegal or people are martyred. We're still the church. Even if the church is illegal. Peter's writing to strangers and aliens. These aren't Roman citizens. They're disenfranchised workers laboring in an economy and a society that largely excludes them. They're not, um, they're not foreigners or slaves. That's the bottom. There's some of them that are that, but they're just above that. They're, they're scraping by on minimum wage. They're living in government housing. And they don't have the privileges and the, the status that, uh, that you need to get ahead in the world. And they're maligned and slandered because of that status and because they're Christian. Christ wasn't what the cool kids were into in those days. But we see today in our text that God's word makes the church. God's word builds the church. And God's goodness is going to save the church come COVID or high water. God's house can't be closed. We are a spiritual temple. Here we are today. Are you breathing? The church is open. God's house ain't a building. God bless spirit of joy. We love being there. That's not God's church. Look around, friends. We are God's church. People, flesh and blood, connected by Christ, animated by the spirit, a place God lives right here and now within us, among us, to manifest God in the world. You can't close this, even when we log off. <laughs> you can't close this. Even during a pandemic, God is still open for business, building us up present with and between us to grow us into salvation. We have received mercy to be a priestly people to mediate God's presence and power in our world. Notice twice, too, Peter talks about the church as a royal priesthood, verses 5 and 9. It's commonly thought, I've heard this before. Some of you have said this to me. I've had to process this. So, so hear me, I'm, I'm speaking to something we've all thought about, perhaps, or if you haven't, get ready uh, to think about it. <laughs> it's sometimes said of more liturgical high church traditions like ours, that when you get official priests like Father Ben and Father Matt, that that's somehow antithetical or antagonistic to the priesthood of all believers. The thinking goes, you either professionalize the priesthood and have one or two, or you get rid of the priesthood so everyone can be a priest. And I, I want to contend that that's a, false, that's a false narrative and a false dichotomy. Just a few words about what it means to be a priest. This is our identity as a church. The, pre, the word priest is the anglicized word for presbyter, which is elder or, or pastor sometimes. So when you hear priest, it's just another translation of the word that we use for pastor or elder. So what that means is uh, this isn't some special demarcation that's often some you know, grand hierarchy somewhere, but we're, we're talking about the same thing that most of us are, are used to we talk about uh, leadership in the church. Let me say a bit about this black shirt. We wear black shirts. You'll see Spencer's wearing a black shirt and Ben's wearing a black shirt. 
One of the reasons we wear a black shirt is because as the priest, we stand as a representation for the priesthood of all believers. So the black shirt is meant to be a blank canvas, if you will. It's meant to efface our, our fashion or personality so that we can stand for the people of God. So when we, when we wear a black shirt and we leave the liturgy, we are representing us to God as a show of solidarity and incorporation to seek all our participation. So we don't, we, we're not priests so you don't have to be. We're priests so we can all get to be. And to be a priest is just to mediate God's presence. To be a community of priests is to embody and extend the radical love of God in Jesus Christ. We use this language when we gather. We are connected by and built up by and empowered by and emboldened by God's presence and power among us. And one more thing I just want to say. Today when we take Eucharist, I will consciously bring to mind not only all of us, and not only the great cloud of witnesses in heaven, but also those at this moment who are suffering a pandemic that discriminates. A pandemic of violence and prejudice and persecution and bigotry and malice. The Eucharist gives us courage and steadfastness that we can look at the worst this world has to offer in the firm confidence that Jesus's death and resurrection has triumphed and will triumph over it into a world of intense suffering, grief, and persecution of pandemics that discriminate and are indiscriminate. We proclaim the good news that you can't close the church, even, even for coronavirus. God is still open for business building us up, present with us, and between us as we grow up into our salvation. Church, we have received mercy to be a priestly people to mediate God's presence and power in our world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.